Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, Laker fans, thank you very much for tuning in. Another edition of Lakers Talk. We'll go till 8 p.m. tonight. Brad Turner from the L.A. Times is going to join me in about a half hour or so. And uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into. I, I want to give everyone a quick preview of the show. So we'll talk the continuing conversation about the coaching search for the Lakers some new names coming up, some coaches that were in the playoffs last week are no longer in the playoffs, so we'll see some of the wrinkles there. Uh, you, I've said this before, Nick Nurse, that has been the guy that um, I've said I think would be a great fit for the Lakers, but he's under contract, so some comments from Nick Nurse from Masai Ujiria, the Toronto Raptors, we'll get into that. What kind of coach do you want? What, what If you're kind of filling in a description here of who you think is – Forget the name for a quick second. What kind of experience does he need to have? Um, what 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 is his makeup? What are some of his attributes? We'll get into that. Try to kind of fill in the blank here. If we had a perfect head coach for the Lakers, what would that person look like? And then see if any of these names out here match that description. Um, Phil Jackson, I guess uh, this came out from Adrian Wojnarowski a little bit earlier today. He will advise the Lakers in their search for a new head coach. That was per Woj. Um Sounds like a lot of Laker fans have an issue with that. I guess that's the best way that I can put it. And then Bill Orm had an article in The Athletic about holding on to Russ or at least the start of next season, and we'll get into that as well. So let, let's start off with this. The coaching search for the Lakers. So let me, um, let me list out some names that we've heard that have been affiliated with the Lakers. Um, let me give some examples here. Darvin Ham is one of the newer ones an assistant coach right now with the Milwaukee Bucks. Steve Clifford, been in the NBA for a little bit. Quinn Snyder, I'll give my thoughts on Quinn Snyder. All guys who have been on the bench for the Lakers before, by the way. Um, I've heard Mark Jackson's name come up, even though that list, uh, you could probably take him off the list because it looks like he's linked more to the Sacramento Kings. Juwan Howard, Nick Nurse, um, Doc Rivers. So these are all the names that we've heard of over the course of these last couple of weeks, at least since the Lakers were eliminated and uh, had no chance at making the playing tournament. Um, I want to go through first the two coaches, or it's actually technically, yeah, you could say two coaches, that were coaching a week ago and are now both out of the playoffs. I'll start with Quinn Snyder. Um, We'll see how things pan out with Quinn Snyder. But I, I have been very vocal on this. Uh, this is going to be an incredibly tough job for whoever takes the job. By the way, that could be a completely different conversation of why somebody would want the Laker job. And what I'm talking about is, yes, I know it's the it's the Tiffany of when it comes to brands. It's one of the best brands in the world when it comes to sports. But you also have to you know pay attention to, okay, what does the team look like? Am I set up for success? Do I feel like there's an incredible opportunity here? Or am I walking into something that um, if things don't go perfect, it's all going to be my fault and the blame is going to fall on my shoulders and I'm dealing with the media around the country because this is not a brand that's just, oh, well, it's just L.A. media that's going to be on you. No, it's obviously a national brand, so everybody's talking about it. Um, I I think there's going to be some conversations from that standpoint. Quinn Snyder, here's my, my issue with Quinn Snyder. It's not that I think Quinn Snyder is not a good coach in the NBA, because he is. I mean, look at the Utah Jazz and um, how they've performed in the regular season, what that team and that franchise has done over the last few years. My issue with Quinn Snyder is I never felt like he has overachieved in the playoffs. I feel like they've done what they're supposed to do, but they've never overachieved. That he has not taken Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Bogdanovich and Mike Conley and some of these other players that are on that uh, on that roster, and you haven't seen this three years ago. If I'd have said, "All right, well, uh, damn Utah, you uh, had a three-one lead against the Denver Nuggets and you blew that three-one lead and you ended up losing in the Orlando bubble," um, man, that one's got a sting. But let's see what you do next year, and then the following season. 
they have the number one record in the Western Conference. That's pretty impressive. But then when you got to the playoffs, they couldn't beat a Clippers team. I think one point had a 25-point lead in that clinch, clinching game. It was clinched for the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard got hurt in that series. They should have got further. They should have got past the Los Angeles Clippers and went up mano a mano against the Phoenix Suns for a chance to get to the NBA Finals. This past um, this this playoff run that they just had again, I'm I'm just talking about the Quinn Snyder piece of this. Where have they overachieved against Quinn Snyder or Quinn Snyder for the Utah Jazz in the first round against the Dallas Mavericks? They were down two to one in the series through the first three games, and Luca hadn't played one game, and they eventually lost that series in six. And to be honest with you. Um, in my opinion, it was just when are they going to lose, not if they're going to lose. Now, if Luka didn't play the whole series, different story. But even without Luka, they were down two games to one. I go back to this. Have you overachieved in the position that you are currently in? And I don't think Quinn Snyder, I could ever say that in his tenure with the Utah Jazz. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he gets a fresh opportunity with the Lakers. Maybe he comes in here and it's exactly what the Lakers have, uh, exactly what the Lakers need. But in my opinion, from what I've seen, tell me why Quinn Snyder would be the right coach for the Lakers. A couple other names um, that have been thrown out. Darvin Ham, I mentioned in Milwaukee, um, has never been a head coach in the NBA. I want to go back to that in a second because I think this coaching job is not really built for somebody who has no experience as a head coach in the league. But I'll go back to that in a second. Um Juwan Howard looks like he'll probably most likely stay in Michigan. Nick Nurse, who is, you know, the one name that I've certainly wanted to see come uh, come coach the Lakers. I want to read something off here because I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. They, uh, they certainly addressed it these last couple of days. By the way, Nick Nurse, just so you know, is under contract. And because he's under contract, the Lakers would have to give Toronto some type of compensation um, and it doesn't look like that's going to be happening anytime soon. Let me read off what Nick Nurse told reporters yesterday. He said, I don't know where that stuff comes from, and I'm focused on coaching this team. He told reporters, actually that was today that he told uh, rep- uh, reporters that um, these are rumors and he doesn't know where it comes from, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. Masai Ujiri went a, a little, <laughs> I want to say, went a step further. This is what Masai Ujiri said. Um, Let me find the exact quote here. No team has contacted me, and I'll see all the, and I see all the rumors you see. I dream like they dream. I want Messi. I want Ronaldo. I want Kobe Bryant so they can keep dreaming. I dream too. That's Masai Ujiri telling reporters on, uh, on Monday. So, Laker fans, this is, uh, I think, where I stand in all this. And this is where we currently are with the Lakers. The coach that I would love to coach the Lakers, I think would be a good fit. Nick nurse probably won't be, there probably won't be an opportunity to, uh, for him to come here. And I listen, I was, I was making my case. This is somebody who's won an NBA championship, been on the sidelines for a while. I think he's overachieved with the Toronto Raptors. For me, that, that seems like somebody that would be a good fit for a franchise that really, really looking is looking for, a great foundational coach for this team. And there's no guarantees that it would work with Nick Nurse, but it also sounds like uh, the Toronto Raptors are not letting Nick Nurse go, and it doesn't matter what type of compensation you might try to give to get him. Um, he's probably going to stay with the Toronto Raptors and continue building what they're, uh, what they're building over there. The, can I give a description of a coach, a description of a coach that I think would do great for the Lakers, a description of a coach that um, I think is the right fit at this time for the Lakers. Lakers got a lot of question marks this offseason. I was doing the show this morning with Travis, and him and I were talking about it. And you look at the Lakers situation. It's not like there's one or two things laying around that you got to figure out this offseason. You're walking into a situation where you have no role players that are solidified on your team. Talon Horn Tucker is under contract. Um, and Kendrick Nunn's under contract. Kendrick Nunn didn't play all last season. We're hoping, obviously, he'd be good for this upcoming year. And Talon Horn Tucker is a 21-year-old that has so much to learn in the NBA. How can you depend on him on a franchise that's needing to win today? 
today, not tomorrow, not three years from now, not five years from now. You have to perform at a high level today. Their lack of role players. LeBron will be in his 20th season. Anthony Davis has played 50% of the season the last last two years, and we all know what that means. If he's playing 50%, uh, you got no chance of doing anything, making any noise. Go down the list of every way to describe the Lakers if, if Anthony Davis isn't fully there. Um, the type of coach that I'd love to coach, I'd love to see come coach the Lakers, and I don't know if there's a, if there's a description for this of a realistic individual that could come in and change everything. you got to have the respect of the players. You got to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You got to have their ear. Period. They have to buy in into whatever you're selling. Because if those two aren't buying in, the rest of the thing is not going to happen. Um, I think you got to have experience. Now you could look and say, well, Eric Spolstra, what kind of experience did he have as a as a head coach when he took over Miami? LeBron and or LeBron, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were all in the prime of their careers. You had Pat Riley up top. I mean, there was other things that played into this that I think you certainly um, uh, you're more apt to take a chance on someone like that because of all the other structure that was there and what that roster looked like at that time. This isn't the same roster. And structurally, I think right now with the front office, there are more question marks than there are answers. I would like a, a head coach that's got experience in the league, that has experience with big-time players, that has the respect of big-time players, and is okay to push back at whatever they say. I, I think if you brought in a coach tomorrow and he's just a yes-man to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I don't think that will serve you well. I think you got to push back. I think it's okay to have those tough conversations. I think it's okay to tell either the front office or to tell some of the players they have on your team, that's fine, I'm the head coach, we're going to do it this way, have confidence in what you're doing. And I don't know if there is a player out there, or I'm sorry, a coach out there that fits that description, but in an ideal world, I think that would certainly be um, uh, something that you would hope for, that this next head coach for the Lakers would you could check those off the resume of things that that individual has. Um, Funch has brought up a good point earlier today. He brought up a good point of why would you take the Laker gig if you're one of these other coaches? Listen, it's not an easy gig this upcoming season. Let's not sugarcoat this. Let's really, really not sugarcoat this. If there's one thing that we know that's going to come with that Lakers job, it's going to be an unbelievable amount of pressure night in and night out. Laker fans, I could give, from my perspective, the best view of this that I can just covering the team for the last three years. I was there for every year that Coach Vogel was here, right? And they win a championship in their first year, and everybody's singing Kumbaya. I remember Lakers won the NBA championship in the Orlando bubble. I'm doing the final postgame show of the year, final postgame show of the season. Um, Lakers win it all in, uh, in Orlando. Vogel comes on, some of the players come on, and it's obviously just unbelievable how great the feeling was for the franchise, for those individuals, and former Laker head coach Frank Vogel. Fast forward a year and a half after that, year and eight months after that, Vogel's out of a job. I mean, that's how quick things churned in L.A. with the Lakers, and that's how these expectations are. Let me give you let me give you a good example. One of the names I said I want to come back to, Darvin Ham, who's an assistant with the Milwaukee Bucks, has also been rumored to be the coach of the Charlotte Hornets, potentially, right? He's going to interview for the job. And I just using this as an example, if you're Darvin Ham, the Lakers' job is one of the biggest jobs in sports, period. One of the biggest in all the sports. The Yankees manager, the Dodgers manager. Um, you could look at, go down the list if you want to look at uh, – some of these soccer franchises, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Go down the list of the Boston Celtics. We know how big some of these, it's not just a regular coaching gig. If you're a coach that has zero experience in the NBA, I'm talking about head coaching experience, and you're looking at, okay, what I'm going to be asked to do with the Lakers versus what I'm going to be asked to do in Charlotte, it's obviously completely different. And I'm not telling you know, any coach, any coach out there that coming for the Laker job is not the right choice. But damn, is it going to come with a lot of question marks? It's not like you're walking into a situation where you're like, all right, I perfectly see how we're going to get from this point to that point. I think there's more answer or there's more questions now of how you're going to get from point A to point B 
than any other coaching gig in the NBA right now, at least coaching gigs that are available. And on top of that, like I mentioned, the pressure that's constantly going to be there. The, hey, um, you're on a two-game losing streak. What happened? What's wrong? Why is your franchise this? Do you think the team is listening to you? Do you have the confidence of the front office? Those were just the questions Frank Vogel was getting from the start of this season all the way till he was fired uh, the day that the exit interviews, whatever that was, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever that was, after the Lakers' final game three weeks ago. That's what comes with the Lakers gig. So I think one of the issues that the Lakers are going to have or one of the, the question marks the Lakers are going to have, it's not just going to be which head coach that you want, which head coach do you think is the right head coach for this gig. On top of that, and just as important, it's going to be, is this the right gig for me? And I'm looking at that from a coaching perspective. If it's a coach that hasn't coached in a few years but he has experience, of course, it's a no-brainer. But if it's somebody out there that's looking for their first coaching job in their career, do you want to be with a franchise where you feel like you're going to have a little bit more wiggle room, you have a little bit more opportunity to kind of grow this thing or is it just the constant pressure how do you become a how do you become a championship contender right now and that's um that's part of the question i think of this lakers coaching gig that we're going to find out here as as time passes i don't know how long it's going to take i don't know the process but we're certainly starting to hear that uh that uh process has started um there's an interesting name that's going to advise the lakers in search for a new head coach. I'll tell you who that is coming up next and my opinion on that. A lot of Laker fans seem to be bothered by it. I'm not as bothered. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. By the way, um, I forgot to promote this right out the gate. We got a new app here. Uh, ESPN LA. Just search ESPN LA and download the app. Um, you could get Lakers Talk. You could get every single show, and it's one step, literally one step. You just download the app, and first of all, the shows can just start playing right out the gate live. Um, but Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Travis and Sliwa, Mason and Ireland, Sedano and Cap, Lakers Talk, Dr. Clapper, uh, everything that we have, our contests are on here is all on this uh, new app, so make sure to download it. It really, really is so easy to use. I was uh, telling Travis, did a little camping out in Joshua Tree, and there's certain areas driving in and out where, you know, you lose uh, service on 710. So I just got the app, uh, put it on there, and I could listen to all the shows. Uh, I actually was listening to the game on Sunday, listening to the Bucks and the Celtics on radio, which was on the app as well. Um, okay, so there is a name being talked about here uh Woj had put this uh, tweet out or actually Woj I think did it on uh on uh, ESPN but I'm going to read this off Phil Jackson will advise the Lakers in their search for a new head coach per Woj it's funny um every time we hear a name I feel like I could be wrong on this I feel like Laker fans cringe a lot of the times they cringe on certain things where um Oh man, you're bringing in another voice. You got another person helping out in the front office. You really need another opinion. Blah blah blah. And the list goes on. I guess I just don't look at it like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I want our president of basketball operations, Rob Palenka, to feel like at the end of the day he can take suggestions from people. He can listen to people. But ultimately, he's going to have to make a decision of whether he thinks it's a good uh, good fit for the franchise or not. Good signing for the franchise or not. Um, Jeannie Buss, perfect example is she could take opinions from a lot of different people. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I want her to make a decision that she feels based off of her, um, her front office folks that she has, uh, under the Lakers umbrella that she makes a decision that she feels is the, the, the right choice. I don't have a problem with Phil Jackson chiming in. I don't. And maybe I just look at it this way. 
Maybe for me it's as simple as this. He is the greatest coach of all time in the history of the NBA. He's got 11 NBA championships, five with the Lakers. Obviously his relationship with Jeannie Buss. Um, why, why would we think that that's an issue or that's a problem? I get, again, I'm going to go back to this. I get the portion of, hey, Al, how many opinions do you need? Magic's chiming in. And um, obviously you're going to have Rob Palenka chiming in. And Kurt Rambis is going to chime in. And the and Clutch Sports is going to chime in. And LeBron's going to give his piece. And AD wants to give his opinion. How many more people do you need to give your opinion? I get that part. I understand that. I understand where Laker fans are coming um, as far as that goes. But at the same time, it's Phil freaking Jackson. You know, that's why I also the Magic Johnson portion of this, when Magic went on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and this was maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and was talking and telling a story about, hey, um, DeMar DeRozan's agent called me. Let me throw one over your guys' way, see what you guys can do with it. I, I guess I just don't see a, as much of an issue with that. As long as the people who are going to make the decision make strong uh, decisions based upon the information that they get back from Magix or Phil or whatever the case is, it's not as big of a deal to me. I, I wouldn't mind Phil Jackson's opinion on who the the right head coach should be for the Lakers. Again, he's just giving advice. He's not going to be the actual one that's going to go hire the Lakers' new head coach. Um, I, and I know there's an old-school approach to when Phil was coaching to where the league is today. you got to take that into consideration. But it's Phil Jackson. It's one of the greatest basketball minds that's ever been a part of the game. Why shouldn't he give some advice? And his relationship with Jeannie is obviously a close one. I, I don't Listen, I'm going to go back to this. It's so important that the Lakers get this right this offseason. And if you ask me right now, um, do I think they will get it right? I, I think there's certainly it's easy to be pessimistic right now as a Laker fan. Let's not BS it. It's the truth. It's it's hard to see how the Lakers kind of climb out of this thing. But that's how critical this offseason is. And if Phil Jackson chimes in and gives his opinion, but ultimately somebody else is going to make a decision, take his opinion. It's Phil Jackson, and you're looking for a head coach. You're not looking for a power forward or a um, you know a free agent or something along those lines. I don't have a problem with it. So Phil looks like he's going to be chiming in. Uh, a lot of work left to do, Laker fans. A lot of work left to do on this uh, on this front for uh, head coaching position for the Lakers. And I feel like things are really kind of actually starting to starting to heat up right now. Um, I mentioned this, and I uh, I hit on it for a quick second. Uh, in the to start the show that Bill Orm of the Athletic wrote an article and um, good article actually and I think it took a little bit different of a perspective as far as um, the way we have talked about Russell Westbrook this offseason what what's been the conversation about Russ all season long or not even all season long all offseason it's been um, hey Lakers you might have to uh, figure out a way to get this guy out of here get him out of here as quick as possible and Bill Orm, let me let me just kind of give a quick uh, a quick recap of his article. The conversation was: you can raise Russell Westbrook's value, his trade value, if you keep him on the roster to start the season. And now, all of a sudden, you know you're hoping that the three LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook can get off to a better start. Maybe there's more continuity. You've you've recycled different players every offseason for the last three years, having a roster where they're a lot of the same faces or uh, at least a few of uh, a few faces that you can look at and say, OK, they're bringing back a few of the pieces, maybe have a little bit more success. I think it's safe to say that you go watch the NBA playoffs right now, whether it's Milwaukee or it's Boston or it's Miami or it's the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns, you could see. A lot of these teams, the elite teams in the NBA, if they have one thing in common, there's a lot of continuity. It's a lot of the same faces. I can go off the street and ask somebody, hey, give me a couple players from the Warriors. They can answer it. Give me a couple players from the Suns. Give me a couple players from the Bucks. They can answer it because for the core has been there for the most part, and a few of the role players have been there for the most part. I think that's one thing that's safe to say with what all these teams have in common. Um Orem also go, goes into, as far as the article goes, 
you can still trade Russell Westbrook, but maybe you do it during the season. Maybe you do it closer to the trade deadline. Maybe that contract that he has becomes more of an asset for other teams than it is in the offseason. Maybe you don't have to give up draft compensation. Maybe things change, just maybe, that if you start the season with Russell Westbrook and you either, A, have some kind of success that you can put um, you know, you know, can put a fingerprint to and all of a sudden Russ's stock goes up, and B, uh, maybe by, you get, by the time you get to the trade deadline, it's easier to trade him and his contract knowing that the contract's going to expire at the end of next season. That's the point that Bill Oram is trying to make in this article. And I think I think it's interesting. I think it holds some weight. But Laker fans, I, I've been pretty I've been pretty consistent on this one. And I have definitely spent a, a lot of time talking about how I feel and how I view Russell Westbrook coming back to the Lakers to start off the season uh, next year. If you told me that we're walking into next year and Braun, Anthony Davis and Russ are in spring are on spring training are in uh, um, training camp, I would sit back and just kind of scratch my head of, you tell me how any of this is going to change. You tell me why this picture is going to look a lot different next off season or next uh, next season. Now, you can also make the case, okay, well, is Anthony Davis healthy? Because if he is, then, of course, you, you give yourself a much greater chance of winning. Did you surround them with the right role players? Did you learn from some of your mistakes from last offseason? Did you hire the right coach that everybody um, feels like they're pulling the rope in the same direction? Those are all legitimate questions. But if there's one thing that I think, and the Lakers aren't going to have it either way, but I think you'd lose it even more. I sat here and talked about continuity, that you got to have some some kind of continuity when this upcoming season starts. And what I'm referring to there is, Let's say you start the season with Russ, and then all of a sudden you get to the trade deadline. Now you trade Russell Westbrook. Those new guys are supposed to come fit in and now go compete in the Western Conference and take on teams like Denver, who's going to get healthier, Clippers, who are going to get healthier, Golden State's already good, Phoenix is already good, Dallas, who's an up-and-coming team with Luka. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Simple as that. If you don't have your ducks in a row by the time the season starts, knowing that the the squad that you have, this is going to be your core all the way through, I, I think you're in for, you know, a, a much more as tough of a season as you went through last year. You need everything to work your way this upcoming year to just be in the hunt. I think you got to trade Russ and get, you know, obviously the right role players around him. LeBron's got to be LeBron. AD's got to be healthy. The coach has got to fit perfect. You got so many things that you got to figure out before next season starts, and you got to hit on all of them if you feel like you're going to have some real success next year. And to keep Russell Westbrook on your roster um, to start the season next year just sounds like sounds like another challenge and another headache. To be honest with you, that I hope the Lakers are not signed up for. Part of this might not be their uh, their choice on this. It's going to depend on having a couple teams out there that feel like, hey, they can use Russell Westbrook's expiring contract and they'll throw over some things to the Lakers that they feel like makes sense. Brad Turner from the L.A. Times is coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll get BT's thoughts on all this. We'll do that next. Lakers Talk, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. want to welcome in 
the BT, Brad Turner of the LA Times, taking some time to join the show. BT, I, I don't even know where to start here. Uh, a number of questions for you that I want to ask you around the Lakers. And um, let, let me let me do this. Let me start off with this. There have been a number of names that um, have been associated with the Lakers as far as their head coaching search. Um, Darvin Ham, Steve Clifford, Quinn Snyder. I know at some point Mark Jackson, we've heard his name, Jawan Howard, Nick Nurse, who addressed all that, as did Masai Ujiri. Um, Doc Rivers is another name that comes up. In a perfect world, let, let's kind of take out any obstacles. Does This coach has, you know, he's certainly, he's sitting at a gig right now. He's under contract. Of any of the names that I just mentioned that you've heard over these last couple of weeks, is there a perfect fit? Even if you don't think it's it's realistic, and then I'll get into what what's more realistic. You know, but the thing is, you you can't view it that way in a perfect world because it's not a perfect world, and it's not perfect anytime you talk about the Lakers and their coaching search and what they're looking for and a press and stressure that you're under trying to become the coach of a team like that. But let's just stick with the perfect world thing. You need a coach who has one, who will command and demand respect out of the players. Maybe someone who even won an NBA championship. So now the players look at him and they go, okay, he's done this before. He knows what he's doing, knows what he's talking about. We're going to follow his instructions. I mean, you need someone like that who can, in many ways, Win the press conference on day one, who can have the fans believing, especially Laker fans thinking, this guy can lead us to a title. This is the right person to have. Now, who that person is, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, they're interviewing Darwin Ham, where Darwin Ham is someone that is an assistant coach, and he was on the Milwaukee team last year that won the NBA championship. But he wasn't a head guy. But again, he had that experience. And he did coach on the Lakers staff under Mike Brown. You know? So he's the name that we know that's being talked with with the organization. Who the best guy is. BT, let, let me stay with that. Let, let, me, let me stay with that for a second on Darvin Ham. Because I, I think he does. There's some makeup um, from his perspective that you're like, okay, hey, I, I kind of like that resume. But he does not have head coaching experience. Do you yes. think that would be a – you think if the Lakers find themselves in a position, they interview Darvin Ham, they really like the guy, they like his pedigree, they like that he was on the Bucks coaching staff and they won a championship with him as an assistant, do you think that stops them from saying, you know what, we want this guy uh, because he, he has not been a head coach yet in the league? Do I think that stops them? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't get into the head of the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? I think it makes him pause a little bit, but while pausing, you can also look at someone like Willie Green, who was not a head coach, and his team, the New Orleans Pelicans, beat the Clippers to get into that last playing game, and oh, by the way, took the Phoenix Suns to six games mm-hmm. in the first round. Those are the very same Phoenix Suns that many think will win the NBA championship this year. They had the best record in the league. So hiring a guy that has no head coaching experience has been an assistant coach. It helped New Orleans. And you get guys out there that can coach. Emi Edoka, first year at Boston. He's got them to the semifinals in the East against the defending champions. A Boston team that beat the Brooklyn Nets, another team we thought might win the title. He sent them home packing. Hmm. So first-year guys – can get it done if it's the right guy. Hmm. Brad Turner from the LA Times taking some time to join Lakers talk. It's BT, it's a good way to put it. Now, I would, just from my perspective, I think those are two good examples that you're giving, and I think the Boston one is probably the best example because, you know, obviously there's expectations there. The The problem with the Lakers gig, um, again, this is from your perspective, and I'm, I'm trying as best as I can I think every Laker fan is thinking out all these different scenarios. What would be your hesitation if you're a coach out there and you're picking between the Charlotte Hornets or the Lakers Mm. or a team that's going to give you, 
you know, the, the pressure is not going to be whoever takes the Hornets job. The pressure is not going to be, hey, you have to go out and you got to you have to change this thing around overnight. You can see that there's young players there. There's some promise. Next step would be you're in a seven game set and, and maybe you get to the second round. For the Lakers, you're walking into a situation where there's more questions than there are answers. Um, LeBron James obviously will be in the 20th year of his career. Russell Westbrook, there's a lot of question marks of whether that guy will be a part of the franchise by the time the season starts or if he won't. AD has played about 50% of the games the last two years. You don't really have this continuity of a roster that you can say, hey, these guys have all been together for three, four years or something along those lines. Do you think there's going to be coaches out there that look at the Lakers gig and say, I don't know if this is the best situation for me where I can go somewhere else and maybe there's a lot less pressure and more answers? I'll start by saying it's still the Lakers. It's still an iconic franchise that Pat Riley coached to in the NBA championships, that Phil Jackson coached to five championships, that Frank Vogel won a title with them. They've had guys like Jerry West who more or less put this all together. You had Jerry Buster owner, now it's run by his daughter. And it's one of 30 jobs in the NBA. You understand all those things. And it's probably the most difficult job of them all because the expectations are, as they are in Boston, is to win right now, to win a championship today, not in 2025, but in 2023 is when Laker fans want to win, is what they demand of their coaches and their team. Can that be done with this current team? No. Can they make changes to perhaps put this in position? Perhaps they can do that. But because it is one of 20 or 30 positions in the league and because it's the Lakers, yes. Someone, someone will take that job. Who will it be? It remains to be seen. BT, I, I'm curious if you got any, you know, earlier today, um, Woj, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, um, talked about how Phil Jackson will advise the Lakers in their search for a new coach, a new head coach. I'm, I don't have an issue with it. I, I actually, you know, I, I look at what he accomplished, obviously his 11 NBA championships, his relationship with Jeannie. And if she's looking for advice and it's coming from Phil Jackson on a head coaching position, um, I, I, I think I don't make that big of a deal of it. I think there's a lot of Laker fans that also say, Man, Phil's chiming in here. You got Magic chiming in over there. Palenka's obviously the president of basketball operations. I'm sure Kurt Rambis has an opinion. Clutch Sports, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Do, do you feel like do you feel like there's too many cooks in the kitchen for the Lakers, number one? And number uh-huh. two, do you have any issue with Phil giving some advice on, on the Lakers head coaching spot? Well, I start with by saying no, I don't have issue with Phil being involved. And anything with this, because he still talks to Jeannie, Linda, Kurt, and Rob. They still have a conversation. And too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, who was the chef running that kitchen? Mm-hmm. Do we know who it truly is? So if we don't know who it truly is, then you end up having all these chefs that one person cuts the potatoes, someone else slices up the onion. Someone marinates the meat. Someone takes care of the wine. That'd be me. Someone is going to decide what kind of salad you're going to have. That's just the way they've operated and the way they continue to operate. I would say the final decision comes down to what Rob and Kurt tell Jeannie, Mm -hmm. and then she agrees with them or not on what they should do for a coach. Um. I was talking about this this morning with uh, Travis Rogers. We're doing our show, and you know, we we're, were trying to, as best as we can, describe how critical this offseason is for the Lakers, but specifically Rob Palenka. Because, you know, I, I, I think, BT, you look at the last three years, and anytime somebody makes an argument with me about the Lakers and where they sit today, one of the questions that's brought up is you won a championship, and then you went out and you retooled your roster. Not everything, but you retooled. And then, you know, you lose in the first round because AD's not healthy. You lose to the Suns. Suns get to the finals. 
and you completely retool your roster. And then here we are sitting today. Um, the Palenka piece of this all, how, how critical of a situation do you think this is for Palenka this offseason to try to get, obviously, some of this right to show that there is a direction of where the Lakers are going and show some promise in this upcoming season. How, th- how big do you think that is in his situation specifically? It's very big for Polinko to get this right and to move this back in the right direction because he's already fired the coach. They've agreed to make a change there. So if it doesn't work next season, who becomes the next fall guy? The guy who put that team together. The guy who fired the previous coach, Boston Widows, knew in because it wasn't working with Frank Bogle. So now all eyes turn to the man in charge of putting the team together. In this case, that's Rob Palenka. So, yes, he's at a critical point of his career and his tenure with the Lakers. But he's done a really good job. They won an NBA championship. That will be on his resume forever. So he's showing he can do that. Now he has to prove again that you can sustain that, which you didn't do. You got this break right now where you didn't make the playoffs, didn't even make the playing game. So, yeah, that's pressure on Rob, and he understands that. So now he has to go out and do his job and do his job well, not just do the job, but do it very well. Brad Turner, the L.A. Times, taking some time to join Lakers talk here. Uh, BT, a couple more for you, and we'll let you go, bud. Um, you know, I'm sure you're watching the NBA playoffs, and uh, – there's some uh, some good basketball, and uh, you know, it, not a surprise. You get to the second round, you're really starting to see the elite teams in the Western Conference, elite teams in the East as well. Um, do do you look at any of these franchises and and kind of try to think to yourself, the Lakers are going to be going up if they're going to go make the playoffs sure. next season, and they're going to go make some. You know, listen, the expectations with LeBron here was supposed to be that you're you're kind of all in all the time, and you're trying to compete for a chip. I I see these playoffs, and I think for me personally, I start thinking, okay, how are you going to hang next year with the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns, Clippers if they're healthy, Denver if they're healthy, Utah with Luka, uh, the Pelicans all of a sudden look like they're an up-and-coming, promising team. I'm sure there's teams that I missed here in the process. Minnesota had a really good uh, season this year, and they, they, they matched up against the Lakers and they were a difficult matchup every time. Um, I know this is just kind of this is as best as we can, but do you watch the playoffs right now and just kind of see it where the Lakers sit and where these elite teams are and say, damn, how the hell do you start competing with these squads? Well, only when you big it up and my friends do in my cigar shop, so I guess that would be a lot <laughs> in that regard. I mean, when I think about it, there are three new teams in the playoffs this year. It was Golden State. Yep. They won three championships in the five state finals. Minnesota, mm-hmm. they got it in New Orleans. Well, Golden State is solid. We have to assume they are going to stay there. They're going to compete for a title. Well, you have. I Minnesota forgot to bring up Memphis. I forgot to bring up Memphis. Yes. Memphis had the, what, the second best record second best, in yep. the entire association? And they've got a superstar in the making. He's a star right now, but he's on the verge of being superstardom in Jama Land that can lead that team. And they got great pieces around him. You know, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks. They have a really good young coach over there. So that's a team you have to also be worried about. And so, as you said, Luka and Dallas. If Dallas finds a way to get another star around Luka, mm. watch out. Mm-hmm. The team that maybe perhaps people think may fade some would be the Utah Jazz. But all that does is is open up another spot for hopefully a healthy Laker team and a healthy Clipper team. Sure. Two teams that were in the playoffs last year that did not make it. Now, the Clippers, we know once they get Kawhi back and they keep Paul George healthy, they will be a team that can contend for the NBA championship if all those things come to fruition for them. We don't know who the Lakers are going to be next season. We don't know who's going to be on the team. And right now we don't know if they have the goods to – well, we do know this current team is not good enough to contend for a title. Are they good enough to get into the playoffs? I would say so, but how far can they go? 
I just don't know. BT, final one for you, and we appreciate your time as always. Uh, Bill Arm had a good article in The Athletic yesterday, came out yesterday. And the idea and the concept was about Russell Westbrook. And really, the the thought is, well, if you held on to this guy, holding on to Russ, at least to start the season, why keeping uh, Russell Westbrook could help his trade value. Um, I, I've kind of laid out already what I think on the Russ situation and – uh, I, I find it difficult to come back and start training camp next year and Russ is still on the roster, and I could be wrong. It could be a decision that the Lakers have no choice. Um, what What are your thoughts of what the Lakers do with Russ, how much they're willing to give up, how much of a priority do you think it is to say, guys, this one just didn't work, and to try to bring those three back, even if it is just to start the season, is not a good idea? Or do you think, you know what, uh, 21 games is not a big enough sample. If, if he did come back, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Well, I, I go back to his exit interview about a month ago when we were asking him, the reporters, about LeBron and AD both saying, what was Russell's thoughts on LeBron and AD saying they wanted Russ to be Russ? And he responded, if I recall correctly, yes, I heard that, but basically he ended up saying, Nah, that wasn't true. So once he threw that lob of the minute he threw, I thought there's no way they can bring him back to play with those two guys again. Mm. There's no way that that can – it's not going to work again. It just can't because we saw what happened because we know LeBron and AD need shooters around them, and that's not Russell's strength. And I also began to question, in my own mind, does Russell really want to play for the Lakers again with the Bond and AD, knowing that he cannot be the primary guy? Because his strength is having the ball in his hands. His weakness is not having the ball. How do you play like that, knowing that you're not Steph Curry? Of course, no one is. Mm -hmm. But you're not a great outside shooter. And you're not, you haven't improved that. You know, so him coming back next year, I think you have to mend some fences. But, oh, let's not forget, fans booed him last year. That was not a good thing for him. It wasn't good for the fans. Mm. Fans are forgiving, but he's got to also deal with that, knowing that fans were not happy with the way he played. Sure. So that's a big decision the Lakers have to make. And, again, that puts all the pressure back on Rob Palenka to get this right. BT, always appreciate it, buddy. I know you're uh, enjoying the off season, but uh, thank you for taking some time and joining the show. All right, great catching up. My pleasure, Alan. Have a good time today, man. Um, that is Brad Turner from the L.A. Times. When we come back, I want to give some thoughts on what BT was just talking about with Rob Palenka and Russell Westbrook. We'll do that coming up next day right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, thank you to Brad Turner of the L.A. Times. Uh, fantastic stuff from him. A couple, couple things came out from that conversation I want to hit on real quick. Um, you know, the Russ piece. My final question to him, hey, is there a scenario you think, hey, bring these three guys back and blah, blah, blah? I think he put it best, walking out of the exit interview and thinking, no, 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 those those three guys aren't going to play again. Um, does Russell Westbrook even want to be with the Lakers? Does he want to be with this franchise? Does he? Wouldn't he want to be on a, a, a team where it's a better fit and he could play more to the strength of his skill set? Um, I, I just, I, I can't see it. And I know I've probably emphasized this too much, but if the goal is to compete again, you have to move on and get some role players, period. I don't have another way to put it. I don't have a, really a way of sugarcoating it. Um, I, I really think that that's the only way that you potentially build out of where you're currently at. 
And I was, listen, I, I, I've said this before and I've said it again. When Russ was traded to the Lakers, I thought having a third star was going to be important. I thought Russ and Anthony Davis can thrive together and LeBron not take a back seat. LBJ was still going to be LBJ, but be a little bit more strategic of how you were going to use him until you get to the postseason and then you take it from there. It didn't work out. It was a colossal failure. Not even a failure of you lost in the first or second round of the playoffs. A colossal failure. You were 16 games below 500. Shows no promise. And I, I think the 21 games was more than enough to see that. That ain't going to work. The vibe was awful. The chemistry was awful. So I, I'm with I'm with BT when it comes to the rest, Russ piece. I know there's some suggestions there. Keep him on the roster. Maybe you trade him by the trade deadline. All that other stuff. I think if you want a legitimate chance of moving anywhere, of trying to turn the page, you do what you need to do this offseason, and the repercussions are the repercussions. You've been in an all-in window for four years in a row. I don't think all of a sudden things are going to change now, being in a, continuing to be in an all or, or to stop being in an all, all-in window. Um, one other thing, you know, we're talking about Rob Palenka there. The offseason, how critical it is for him. Too much change in the past. That's been his criticism. So give Palenka credit. And I think, I think, uh, uh, Brad Turner was going out of his way to say, look, you got to give, give him credit for doing what he's done in winning that championship, which they should give him credit. And I always try to remind somebody when they talk about Palenka, hey, it was, uh, what was it? Last October, a year and eight, nine months ago, the Lakers had won a championship under Palenka. But this is why I think the conversation changes with Palenka. As much as we give him credit credit for the chip, look at where the franchise is right now. It's in a tough spot. And the, the this has Rob Palenka's fingerprints all over it. People could say, well, no, no, because there was other people chiming in and um and and clutch and blah 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 and all these other all these other voices that you have. Ultimately, your position as president of basketball operations, it's going to fall on your shoulders. You're going to get the credit when it's there, but you're also going to get the finger pointed at you specifically because of your role when things are the way they are. You tell me who uh, of a Laker fan perspective or a, a media member is looking at the Lakers and saying, hey, they're in a good spot. They're not. And the question comes up of not just the spot that you're in today, not just the spot coming into this off season, not just the spot next year, but you got to look at your team. What's it, what's the team look like today? What it looked like yesterday, and what does it look like down the road? And all of those are complete question marks for the Lakers. And I don't think there's that much optimism from that perspective. So um, the Palenka portion of this is not just about what he's accomplished in the past; is where the franchise is right now. And where the franchise is going. So certainly, obviously, a lot to talk about on that front. Okay, Laker fans, couple things here as we come up to the wrap of the show. Um, I appreciate everybody that's been on the show. Download the ESPN LA app. I'm telling you, it is so easy, so incredibly easy. If you have the ESPN LA app to listen to this show, to listen to the podcast, and to listen to all the shows that we have on 710 ESPN. So I strongly, strongly encourage you to do that. We'll keep pumping out Lakers content as we always do. Uh, thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. And thank you to Mario Ruiz for always doing uh, some great work here in the background. Um, back on next week. Sorry, uh, I know we had to push the day. It was supposed to be yesterday. I did the show, obviously, tonight instead. Back on next week, as always, uh, every Monday night, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can listen to Lakers talk right here. As always, Laker fans, greatly appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Have a great night. I'm back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers at 10 a.m.